Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. We have a really fun episode coming up today. We are bringing on the wonderful ladies from Excuse My Grandma, Kim Merstein and her grandma, Gail. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things about the differences between dating back then when grandma Gail was dating versus dating now, modern dating, dating for millennials and Gen Z and the way Kim and I date. And we get some really cool insight. We definitely disagree on a few things and it's a really, really exciting episode and I'm so appreciative that they came on the show. So before we get into it, I just want to say thank you to everyone. Um, Some of you know this and some of you might not, but I've had a really, really tough week, like one of the hardest weeks I've ever had, really. Um, My dog, Zoe, who was way more than a dog to me, she was truly like my purpose and my like best friend. And I've had her since I was 15. So really through like the most transformative years of my life, she's always been there. Um, she unexpectedly and, and suddenly passed away and it has been incredibly hard and painful. And I really am so grateful for everyone who's reached out and sent their love. And I know many of you have not met her, but the messages that you've been saying are like, you could tell how loved she was and how amazing she was. And that really does mean a lot to me. And it's, I've done a lot of reflecting and thinking this past week. Um, every day is kind of a new battle in itself. Um, but it's just reminded me how important it is to tell the people in your life how much you care about them and how special they are to you and to make sure that they know truly like how much you love them in your life and, and how much they mean to you. Because I know we always hear like life is so short, you never know what's going to happen, but you really don't. Um, Obviously, like, like Zoe was 11 and a half, like as dogs get older, you know, their life is going to come to an end. But like, she had a few more good years ahead of her. And this like freak thing happened. And you never know what could happen. And I think the most important thing we can do in our lives today and every day is just let the people in our worlds know how much we care about them and, and make them feel loved when they are. So, um, I don't want to get too deep into it or too like emotional or anything like that, but I just wanted to kind of put that out there and, and again, thank everyone who's reached out. If, if I haven't responded to you, I am sorry. It's just been a bit overwhelming and I'm, I'm definitely taking my time with it. Um, and 
Yeah, I'm very, very excited for this episode. And of course, if you guys are loving what you are hearing or even just liking it a little bit or getting a few laughs or some good advice, please, please, please hit me up with a five-star rating and review. You can do that on the Apple Podcast app. Just go to the show page, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and you'll be able to do that. There are some not nice reviews, and I would love some nicer ones. And it just really helps with the show and and growing our audience and our, our amazing community. And of course, if you're not yet following, seeing other people on Instagram, do that. You can also follow what the show and I are up to on Twitter at Alana Dunn, on TikTok at Alana Dunn, of course, at Alana Dunn on Instagram as well. And Yeah, if you like what you hear, send it to a friend, send it to five friends, 10 friends, head to the Patreon, patreon.com slash seeing other people doing bonus episodes over there, doing profile revamps and happy hours and some fun stuff. And I love that opportunity to get to know all of you even better and and more so I can really help you out even more. So, okay, now we will get into the episode. Excuse my grandma, Kim Merstein, Grandma Gail. Let's do it. Well, thank you both so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. I've been looking forward to this episode for a while. And just to everyone listening, before you listen to this episode, please actually leave and go to Excuse My Grandma and listen to the episode that I recorded with Kim and Grandma Gail recently. It's on their feed. And then you can come back and listen to this. Sounds good. As we get into it, (laughs) as we get into it, I would love if you both would introduce yourselves. Um, Kim, would you start and introduce yourself with uh, what year you were born in, what your current relationship Mm -hmm. status is, and how you met the last person you were with, whether that means went on, on date with, dated, or currently in a relationship with, married, whatever that may be. Okay. I was born in 1996 in New York City, so I'm 25 years old, um, and I'm currently single. Love that for me. And uh, my last serious relationship, like the one that I had for four years um, that I got out of a year ago, I met in college like at a frat party through mutual friends kind of vibe. Um, but I kind of love the question because it doesn't have to be the last person you really seriously dated, just the last person that you're like seeing, in which case I would probably say like from dating apps, because that's my go-to nowadays, All except right. for grandma gal sometimes tries to set me up. We did one of those yesterday. Has that worked yet? Okay. Um, no, <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't know about the one from yesterday. It's only, but usually it has not in the past. Hey, there's, you never know. There's always next time. Grandma Gail, exactly. take the floor. Introduce yourself. All right. Uh, I'm not giving you my my age. You <laughs> say it all the time. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, I was born in 1942. Um, don't you love how I can get her to do whatever? <laughs> she does. She is my boss. I don't understand this. I'm a granddaughter. <laughs> and um, I grew up in Westchester, got married uh, at the age of 21 and lived in New York City and have lived, uh, we're married 57 years and we're basically living in the same area we've lived for 57 years and I raised two children in the city. And how did you meet your husband? Well, uh, we met on a fix up, a family fix up. I was dating somebody from the U of P. We had a bad breakup. It was, I thought the love of my life and uh, I was very crushed. And uh, my uh, aunt and uncle were at a party at his, uh, my husband's parents and um, home. And uh, they said, we have a niece. And they said, well, why don't you meet my son? And they met and they talked and they he, he took 
the number and called. And uh, we sort of went out in the beginning uh, for a, a bit. Uh, he was from he went to Harvard. I was at Syracuse. And it was a very different kind of uh, mental um, relationship together. Hold on. Uh, hold that's on. Not true. You went to Syracuse? <laughs> you went to Syracuse? I went to Syracuse. I went to Syracuse. Oh, I was an SDT. Oh, my goodness. Okay, 85, but almost sisters. All right, that was my mother's. <laughs> wow. We're all, we're all related. <laughs> oh, my God. This is six degrees of separation. Yeah. I love it. But I love your first date story, if we have time, your first yeah. date story with Poppy, like a, a quick no, version of it because no, it's a so quick cute. Version. No, it was a second date. Oh. And I lived in Westchester. He lived on the island. And the um, he said, let's go to theater. And I said, oh, my gosh, I love theater. So he picked me up in Westchester, which is a big thing from where he lived. And we went into theater and we saw an off-Broadway show. And uh, I was sitting there and I was absolutely awful, awful. And um, we went on to dinner afterwards and he said, did you like it? And I said, I think it was the stupidest play I've ever, <laughs> ever seen heard. And the author happened to have been a Harvard graduate that he sort of knew. And he said, oh, I think it's brilliant. And that was the end. We had dinner and, and he, I didn't hear from him for several weeks, which never happened to me. And he wasn't so great that he shouldn't call me back. So I was a little offended. And um, finally, I get a call about two weeks later. And he says to me, um, it's David and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I feel terrible that I haven't called you, but I thought you were stupid because you didn't like the play. Oh and he said, but I listened to my parents talking since they went to see the, the show after us. And my father, who's also a Harvard graduate, and my mother, who's a Wellesley graduate, said that was the dumbest play I've ever seen. So he said, if my parents, who I knew were brilliant, thought it was dumb, I better give this girl a second call. I kind it's of understand his reasoning there. Yeah, well, he he was but very how are you uptight. Not offended? He was very uptight. Well, I wasn't offended because I thought he was crazy to like it, and I really yeah. was so. Um, I guess being a Syracuse graduate, I didn't give a damn. Yeah, <laughs> if he didn't call me back, I had five right. guys on the uh, on the Thursday and Friday night slot. So you got energy. I, I didn't bother me. Yeah. Okay. So but anyway, we got married shortly afterwards. <laughs> it all worked out. So tell me about. It all do you actually mean like you had five guys on the Thursday and Friday night slot? Like how yes. did that, how did that work? How did dating and having people like, how did that happen? Well, I, you know, it's, it's a completely different dating scene as we know that first of all, we didn't sleep together. So that was, that was a number one thing. There was no physical intimacy. So you didn't have that part of the relationship to deal with. And you would have dates that were designated Thursday night dates, Friday night dates, Saturday night dates, and they would be cons consistent. You would almost do it every week. And then sometimes the Friday night date moved up to Saturday night or the Saturday night would go back to Thursday night. If you didn't Friday like and them. Saturday were the prime nights. That's the same yes. now. I feel like if you have mm -hmm. a Tuesday night date, which like usually a first date is, you yeah. like know that like they're probably doing something better on Saturday, but then right. you get like eventually bumped. Well, yeah. I think everything is almost the same. The only difference was that we didn't really have relationships like you girls and guys have today. It was a very different thing. And they also, we didn't carry on for years and years because everybody wanted to go to sleep with that person. So mm -hmm. we said, well, we got to get married. And, you know, you had different issues with pregnancy, different, you know, it's a whole different, you were talking about the sixties and the late fifties, and it was not the same as dating. I actually think our dating was sort of better. Um, the only problem came in 
for the women in the 70s when everybody realized that they had missed out on careers. So a lot of them really went through a nervous breakdown period and uh, got divorced or had issues. And uh, so that was a, that was the biggest difference, that you really didn't have as many women in the career field, which I think is the sad, was the sad part of our dating. Yeah, I think that makes sense because I, I feel like there were such specific gender roles um, mm, back correct, then. Correct. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was always like the husband was the breadwinner and the wife stayed at home, took care of the house, took care of the kids and like raised the family. Well, that was basically it. Unless yeah. unless the woman was either a lawyer or a doctor, which there were some and I mm-hmm. and I knew them or uh, and and they were very, very bright. And but most women um if they dis- if we got married young, don't forget most of us ma- married when they w- we were twenty twenty one. So you made a commitment very early on on where your path was going. You and if you're going to graduate school or law school or medical school, that was part of an agreement you had together with your spouse. But um, I would say uh, a good seventy percent really were not career women. Got it. Okay, did a lot of charity work. You know, we did good things for the community, uh, which is very very important. And still, you know, many many do even taking that role today, do the same thing, which is, which is fine. And as long as no one looks down on it and we raise good families, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a judgment. It's a judgment call on what you want to do. Yeah. So in terms of, so you obviously met through like a family setup situation. What were the other ways for people to meet at that time? If let's say there wasn't somebody like for the family to set you up with, or that didn't happen, how else could you actually meet somebody, date, explore who you would like to end up end up spending your life with? Um, well, I, from what the, what I knew about was you either met through a synagogue or through a church, or you had common interests in a club where you would, you would be many, many people. Not like to, one Oak, like a country, <laughs> club. A country club. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Right. Uh, like you know, you had, you had just, you had, um, you know, you really had very controlled dating, um, places where you could meet. First of all, you weren't just, you weren't going into a bar. Women just did not do that. I mean, that was just, forget it. So if you didn't meet in college or in graduate school, which where I would say most people did meet and get married, then you had to go on either family fix-ups or friends fix-up or um, some form of social club where you your families belonged or where you joined and you met up. It, it was a very controlled type of dating. And you basically didn't deviate. I mean, there were very few that deviated from those norms. Yeah. So, okay. One question I have for, I want to start with Kim. When you either get introduced to someone, let's say there's a family setup, or I mentioned somebody to you last week, what mm-hmm. is the first thing that you usually do? Good question. Um, look them up on Instagram. Then I'm going to go with, it's hard. Well, obviously social media is the first thing that I do. I'm trying to think of if I could rate it like Instagram, then Facebook, then LinkedIn. I think that's what I would say. Then if I really, I'm, I really am bad with like background checks. Like most states I go on, like I either do nothing or just look at those three or or even one of those three. But then if we were going to be like a little bit more good about it, I guess I would see what mutual friends we had maybe like if it's a close enough friend, text them and ask what they think of the person, maybe do a little Google search. But usually it's just like the social media mm-hmm. aspect. And Grandma Gail, what would you do if somebody introduced you to somebody or recommended you go on a date with someone? 
We just went. <laughs> First of all, we wouldn't go unless we knew the person who recommended us. So, you know, it was a, I, I can't, uh, you know, I, first of all, we lived in a small town um, where everybody sort of knew each other, uh, where um, families would reach out. Oh, I have a single daughter. I have a single son. Why don't we why don't we all meet? It was a much more family oriented uh, fixing up. We, of course, we didn't have dating apps. That would never have even, we didn't even know what dating you didn't? apps were. We didn't have, no, that's all your generation. Um, and it was, um, I actually think it was a nicer way. It was less complicated. And you didn't have to worry that you were going to probably meet a stalker or some crazy loony person that uh, came out of nowhere. But, um, but you had less options. No question. As you said, now, like the world is kind of like our oyster. Like we can meet someone random at a bar. We can meet someone on Instagram or on a dating app. And like, that's why I feel like if I was limited, wouldn't you always be wondering what if that other person is out there and I just don't have access to them? Well, that's one of the problems I think in the dating in 2021. Yeah. I think you have too many yeah, options. Too many. Yeah. So you've you've stopped committing to one person for fear that you've missed mm-hmm. a better guy next door yeah. or a better girl. It's, it works both ways for the right. men and the women. They're getting the guys have got a pal, uh, got a whole palace of of girls in front of them on these these dating apps. They can look at you. Oh, I don't like the way you part your hair. Slap her off. Uh, I mean, it's swipe to, uh, which swipe way or slap which way is wrong. Slap, which way is right? Left left is wrong. Should we start saying slap left and slap right? (laughs) I mean, it's just, I think that it's just, I think it's harder to get into a relationship today than it was in the 60s. The 60s, if you were, uh, you know, not the late 60s, late 60s, everybody was on drugs. Nobody knew what they were. So the sweet spot was like 58 to 64. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Not even 64. It was that over in 64. Right. It started getting very raunchy. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody, I have three words for you. Mindset Wellness CBD. That's right. I am absolutely obsessed with Mindset Wellness CBD and all of their CBD gummies. But right now, my favorite are definitely the Focus gummies. I can't even tell you how many different projects I have, the podcast, some of my other clients. I can't even talk about all my projects because I can't talk about them yet. And I wake up with the world's longest to-do list every day. And I take a focus gummy and I get through it and it's pretty painless. And I feel like excited to get through it because I have this little bit of help from these focus gummies that just help me pay attention and, and power through it all. And whether you are in college, you are starting a new job, you just have a lot of work to do while you're working from home and you feel like it's all homework. These focus gummies will be such a game changer. Head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and hook yourself up with some. And while you're doing that, we'll hook you up with 10% off and free shipping by using the code seeing other people. Get your focus gummies. So did you, when you were dating in this like super like small town, like where you kind of knew everyone, did you ever wish that you could date elsewhere? Or like, I can imagine obviously like long distance probably was not a thing when you couldn't call, you couldn't just like hop on a quick flight across the country. Cause like I've dated a lot of people. I've like being in New York, I've been in long distance relationships from here to California. And a lot of that surrounded like texting all the time, FaceTiming, being able to have that constant communication. And I, I wonder when do you think you noticed that even starting to happen? You have to answer that, Kimmy, because I have no idea. Well, first of all, I can't even think like 
how long distance was possible before FaceTime. Like, and we lived through it. Obviously, FaceTime's like somewhat of a recent thing, but that's such a game changer for long distance within itself. Um, But I think the question was more for you like that. How did you do long distance when you didn't? We didn't. Yeah. So what about if someone was like in the army? Well, then you waited. Then you were either engaged or pinned, and you waited for the for the guy or the girl to come Isn't home like from service. Well, I don't like know. I didn't. I, you know what? That was just a norm. I mean, people people did many things. I mean, don't forget to uh, dating was much. Um, it was much simpler. You at 21, 22, a girl would say, oh, my gosh, if I don't get married by the age of 23, you're an old lip maid already. Um, unless you're going into a career where you had to go to kept, keep going at a university. But most girls graduating college by the time they were 21, 22, they were engaged. I just feel like long distance is like the evil of all evils. Like, I don't know anyone who has enjoyed long distance ever well, it's, hard. it's so hard. hard to me it's not worth it um i mean maybe if well I'm it's worth the, it if you if it was the right person or no but or i think it's, it's, it's difficult worth it. i think it's worth it if there's a light at the end of the tunnel right, like yes. it's for a year when they're working and you'll be together again but Agreed. like i live in new york and he lives in california permanently like come no, on no that can't work can't. somebody has to somebody has to give up their location but then again there's also like some people i know are bi-coastal mm-hmm. so like they, I think that I could see working, but it's still very hard. But it's like at least you know you'll have like six months out of the year with the person. Yeah. But I think that's very difficult it's, to be with. That realistically, that doesn't work. There's always going to be somebody that gets into that other six months. That's an issue. Can't have six months away from your partner. That Meaning, like true. every day that you're not with them is a day they could meet someone else, <laughs> <laughs> or there could be a little attraction somewhere right. else. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I feel like we're going to jump around a lot, but I've, I've, there's so many questions that keep coming up. So you're saying that like when people were 20, 21, graduating college, they were either like already engaged, married, or they were like, holy shit, like now I need to find someone and get married. So were people marrying for the sake of marrying or were they actually like marrying for love? How often were these relationships based off of love? No, I I think a lot. It's different because love as we know it today has been built up in the movies and built up on your social media and all that stuff. You like somebody. You like somebody. You were attracted to them. um, Uh, I don't know if I I disagree, actually, because true love. I mean, maybe I I was going to use a movie example. So that's that. (laughs) (laughs) But like Titanic was set in 1912. Well, there were very few people. That was really intense love affair. Yeah. There were and there were intense love affairs. But I would say more than most were not intense love affairs. Relationships developed as you ended up being married and living together. That was the one disadvantage of being not really living together in those days. Nobody lived together. That was a taboo in families. So you would not have done that in, in the 50s for sure in the 50s, and probably not in the early 60s either. Um, you would get engaged, perhaps or perhaps not have sex uh, with the, with your partner, and get married, and then have children. And that was who you you hung out with. Those were your friends. Those were your, um, your community. And it worked. For most people, it worked. Um, there was not, they were... You know, they didn't look further than being happy and contented with their own family and their uh, their units together with their uh, their friends. Um, the ones who were discontented got divorced. See, divorce prior uh, in the fifties and sixties was very rare in the early part. So it really only really got really bad in the early seventies. 
it's funny that it was taboo like to live with somebody before marriage because now it's taboo to not live somebody Mm -hmm. with somebody before marriage like if a friend came to me and was like i'm engaged to someone that she was not living with i'd be like no you're not i'm not allowing you to do that that's crazy so it's just funny that that's like well that's one of the differences between you know 2021 and and uh earlier Mm -hmm. it it only frightens me to think about where we're going to be in like 20 30 40 years of of dating and and it might go back to my cycle you know (laughs) right everything is circular part of me hopes it does i think even like coming out of the pandemic people are more intentional i think people really want to just find somebody and settle down and stop like sleeping around and hooking Mm -hmm. up like they just realize what it's like to kind of be alone and, and feel isolated and they don't want that anymore which i think is like a really good silver lining that came out of the pandemic is that people are kinder and people are more intentional i also think that in my only bad and nothing to do with the pandemic but i've always said this women have a clock <laughs> and the clock ticks mm-hmm. men don't have any clocks so uh, a woman has to think am i going to want to have children a lot of Women today don't want children. That's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, those are choices you make. But certainly you want to have children at an age where you are able to pick them up off the floor and carry them around and enjoy them as well as your husband. Unless you're marrying a guy 30 years older than you on a second time around, usually it doesn't happen the first time. Mm-hmm. You're marrying someone relatively a similar age with between five and six year difference. Um so you want to enjoy them while you're young. Uh, it's always the biggest struggle because that's when you always have the most problems when you're first married and then children come into the mix. But that also is growing up and growing up together and relationships get deeper. Um, and that is important. And it won't happen when you're in your 40s. It does mm-hmm. not. It's, it's just that's a different psychology because then you've already established a career. But what about like the argument of like, I want to be ready and like now, like. I don't you, think you're ever ready. That's what I was just going to yeah. say. I don't think you're ever ready. Yeah. I, I think agree. you get pregnant, you have children and that's you figure it. it out. And you figure it out mm-hmm. as you go. Uh, you have to like the person. See, I think the whole thing is liking your partner. It's not just loving them. It's, it's like, not like them. well, sometimes you can love somebody and be the absolute wrong person. Uh, yeah. Yep. yep. So Been I mean, there. Don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> <laughs> you have to really, really like being with them and have same values. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the same values, you can have a mad, passionate love affair and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work in the long run. Not saying you should, that, you know, you guys all have a chance to do that and still go on to the next one and say, you know what, this one's a better, this one's a better one to have a relationship with and have a settle down with. There are very different people uh, that are good husbands or good wives. Sometimes they don't, they're not always, they can be nice, but they're not the right mate. Yeah. What do each of you think is the like most important value that you that you hold and that you would look for someone to share. I know what you're going to say. Nice. Is that what you're going to say? Well, yeah. Or normal. Normal. (laughs) That's Um, so hard to find now. Literally every man I go on a date with (laughs) brings up therapy. Really? Okay. Hold on. I was having this conversation before about how it's almost like, like, obviously I think it's become a, trendy thing in like TikToks and social media to talk about like therapy. And now it's even more so to talk about like guys going to therapy. So somebody, I was just talking to someone um, when we were recording an episode and she said she thought that this guy was kind of like 
like bragging that he had therapy before their date. And she was like, I feel like this is just performative. I don't know. Yeah. Like, this is weird. And she showed it to like the text to a friend. And the friend was like, she's, he said physical therapy. <laughs> but oh, that's even, so funny. But even so, it brought up the fact that it's, that that is so interesting that every guy is telling you that they're in therapy now. I think you are hitting the nail on the head because there was a sweet spot where it wasn't as mainstream when someone was saying that you're like, oh, they're working on yourself. Like now, like since they're like girls want to hear that yes. I'm doing this. And so then they're saying it, but like it may or may not be true. Now it's like another thing in the game. I'd be so messed up if someone was saying that they're in so therapy and they're not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I doubt people would really do that. But like playing it up, like or if they like went to therapy once and then they're like, I'm in therapy, you know, like there's ways to exaggerate. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can tell. I mean, if you have emotional intelligence, like you can tell if someone's like gets in therapy or not. So I don't this think someone can really like trick you. Um, but OK, my value, I'm going to go with um, this is hard. I'll go with supportive okay that's good i like that i go for that okay i still go with normal because i'm hearing too many weird things here (laughs) i mean how how many 25 26 year old guys who are trying to get a job and are trying to find themselves have to go to therapy unless they're nuts hey life is hard these days life is hard but i think we're making it harder I think we're making it harder. I really do. I don't think it basically is any different now than when your mom and dad met each other or when my parents met. You you met somebody, you have to make a commitment. And the problem is now you've got everybody's face on the media. You've got all this stuff coming out there and everyone is confused. Nobody knows what to do. So they, they, they wait and wait and wait and wait. And it's a fear of commitment. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we overcomplicate everything and we we look for problems where there aren't any Correct. and we second guess, is this right? Because maybe I'll be a little bit happier or a little bit more in love or feel a little bit more comfortable with the next person. And so I think that is like the biggest problem that we face in modern dating right now. And what? No, you're, you're shaking just, your head. Maybe I'm a romantic, but I genuinely think like if you're having those, maybe there's someone else out there, like then you're not with the right person because you won't be downing it with the right person. Like as you said, we just <laughs> talked to Ben Higgins from The Bachelor and he was like, when you know, you know. Uh, and I believe that. Like, uh, well, I think, for, first of all, he, he's the most charming guy yeah, alive, yeah, but that's so, another story. Yeah. Um, I don't think you ever know. Honest to God, nobody is perfect. And if you're going to pick somebody apart, as most of you girls seem to do. And it's just an endless stream of somebody never matching up or never getting to where you think it's perfection. Nobody is perfect. And by the way, no marriage or relationship is perfect. So if you're looking for perfection, you better stay by yourself and just do your own thing because it cannot happen. But I don't think when I say romance, I don't think that means perfection. No, but I'm saying you can't build it up. You can't build up this fantasy mm. of what should be. You just should be happy. And if the, if the person you're with makes you comfortable and makes you happy and you enjoy being together, that's perfection. But you're like a logical person and I'm like the opposite. So what if there was another person like me with the same romantic mindset? I think you have to run away from that guy because that guy's not going to work. Kim, Kim, let me, let me, yeah, let's, let's chat because so I've always been the same way as you where I'm like, I'm going to meet someone and like, I'm going to know it's going to work. It's going to make sense. Like they're going to be the right person. And 
And I've felt that way like many times where I've met someone and I'm like, this is somebody that I need to be with. I'm go, I need to see this through. Like this person is like, I, I come home from a first date and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love. And yeah. every single time that has happened, it has not worked out. It has mm-hmm. actually like epically failed. And now with my boyfriend, Jake, it's so interesting because it really like, it wasn't like that in the beginning. And the whole time, it's just been consistently easy and comfortable Mm -hmm. and good. And I feel happy and I don't feel anxious at all. And I catch myself saying to my friends and thinking to myself, like, well, like, it's like too normal, like natural and normal. Like there should be all these other like problems coming up that I've experienced in the past. And it's almost like I second guess myself because it's good. And I'm not used to it just being normal and being good because I'm used to like, all of this, like all of these emotions that I mistake for like love and romance and passion. That's really just anxiety. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's a lot of psychiatrists and people out there who say like, when you're having butterflies, sometimes it's really just like your fight or flight going off being like, this is not normal. This is bad behavior. And in a way that's like, kind of like addicting because you want to like fix the situation or whatever it is. So you like, or you're just misinterpreting that feeling as like love or butterflies when it really is maybe something like anxiety. Bad Um, match. Yeah. So I think that's super like common and confusing. I think a lot of people like should have the mindset that you're having with your boyfriend right now of like, this is healthy. Um, But you know, you still, of course, it's a balance. And I'm sure you have like, there are moments where you are like excited and like, have those butter, you know what I mean? So like, and you could tell the difference. So it is a hard thing, though. Yeah, I I do think it was really eye opening for me just to experience like a normal, healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. um, After all of like the ups and downs I've faced. So it's definitely been interesting. And I'm trying to just like, keep myself not keep yourself on an even keel yeah (laughs) I was just gonna say just because like not to be negative at all but like just because you are in a good thing now doesn't mean like god forbid let's say like this ended of course you could always have another unhealthy relationship and that's what scares me sometimes because I'm like I've had really healthy ones and then I'll backtrack and I'm like how can I backtrack and accept less when I've accepted so much before and that's what's like scary about like dating relationships because you think you have a good head on your shoulders and then you find yourself somewhere where you're like I'm better than this Mm -hmm. so like I think as you said like you're there now like stick with it because like that sounds really nice and I also think that no matter what relationship it is you shouldn't you should not worry about the bad ones there are always going to be bad relationships in every person's life but if you hold on to a good one and it'll get better and better and you just keep the faith that that's the way it's supposed to be and don't look to the left and don't look to the right just stay looking forward that's it what is it like blinders blinders yeah. that's all right it's you have the to hardest sometimes. things yeah i mean if a guy is losing his hair don't look <laughs> put a cap on not if put a when. cap on his head put a cap on his head that's it but you said to me like a long time ago pre-podcast you were like even when you're in a relationship like you always are looking at other people like you're never like oh well, you're not, not dead 
<laughs> nobody's dead. I mean, you know, you still can say, oh, God, he's very handsome. Right. Well, I wonder what he would be like. But yeah. I mean, you don't do it. Right. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. difference. The, you don't the difference is you don't act on it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, no, I, I think there's not a man alive that when he sees a pretty girl come into a room, doesn't look. That's <laughs> yeah. just normal. If this, if he isn't, there's something wrong with him. Yeah. Maybe he's not like straight or something. Yeah. Like I, I agree. Like there's, it's so funny. Cause I feel like girls get so like, if you're at a party and another girl walks in the room, like they're automatically in a fight with their boyfriend. Cause they're like, how dare you? you why does she exist? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, there's there, there's always going to be somebody more attractive than you and yes. like that's that's yeah, life and that's fine you can't do much about it all right everybody right now as we speak i am double fisting cbd from mindset wellness cbd my favorite company in the world in my right hand i have my rest gummies that i took last night these taste incredible it's really part of my nighttime routine like I brush my teeth, I get into bed, I take a rest gummy, though I guess that kind of erases the fact that I brush my teeth, but it's fine. And I slept for like 10 hours, woke up not feeling groggy or like sluggish or anything. And I took a focus gummy because I had a huge day of work. I had this recording and I wanted to really be productive and power through it all. And I did. And I really, truly love Mindset Wellness's products and their CBD gummies, especially. I think I've tried them all at this point and I continuously buy them all because I love them. And I've gotten all my friends hooked on them, but not actually hooked because they're not addictive. So don't worry about that. Um, but they taste amazing, gluten-free, non-GMO, vegan, all of the things that you want in your gummies. And they're also now available with our code for 10% off and free shipping. So head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com, use code seeing other people at checkout and enjoy your restful sleep and productive day with your rest and focus gummies. Okay, so Kim, now, of course, you've heard so much about Grandma Gail's dating and relationship experience and what that was like for her. What have you found most surprising about it? Probably, definitely a few things. Um, probably we hit on it a little bit, but just like how quickly everything happened. Like as soon as you found someone you were interested in, like there was no overanalyzing. It was just like, we'll go with it. We'll like start our lives together. Obviously it's not like that today. Um, so that's like probably the biggest thing. Also just the lack of like sexual partners, like that's a huge difference than it is today. Um, it's just funny to me that like that was normal, but I understand with like birth control and like things like in science, why it was not um, a thing, but those are like my two main ones. I think. All right. Right. Okay. Am I missing something? No, you're not missing a thing. I think you hit it right on the, on the head. Do you, do you're you ever wish that you could have that experience where it's just like easy and there's no overthinking and all that? Of course. I, well, first of all, I'm a huge overthinker and overanalyzer. So I don't know how I would have existed in that time, but I'm like, maybe that is actually why I'm so obsessed pre like like this podcast or anything like with the fifties, um, like the mid to late fifties, I watch every movie from that time. I listen to every song from that time. Like I try to live my life a lot of the time as if I'm in the 1950s. And like a lot of, like I had a friend over yesterday who was like with the music and everything around the house. They were like, are you like, are we in a time machine? Like what era is this? <laughs> but I love to live that way because I think it was a better time. That said at that time, I think it's because ignorance was bliss if I was in it and knew what was possible for women in 2021, I would not pick that time. I think the people who existed during that time existed in a bubble and like, great, but like knowing that I would have had less opportunity and 
everything else. Of course, as a woman, I'm always going to pick today is the day that I want to exist in and date in. Um, but I do glorify that time. It's like golden era syndrome. I think it's called. No, well, I have to tell you what, the, what it really was. It was a simpler time. Mm-hmm. You're post world war two. You're, you're really just America's really coming out of the war and people were starting to buy houses and build in communities where they were having families because this was a whole different time. And especially when I was growing up, Everything was wonderful. I mean, you know, everybody would sit around the TV and watch Milton Berle. I mean, that was Sid Caesar. And you'd laugh together as a family. And you wouldn't see the terrible things that you see on the television. You wouldn't see the violence. You wouldn't see, you but don't that, have But it those, existed. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it exi- I'm sure it existed, yeah. but we didn't see it. Right. And um, but it really didn't exist like that. We had different types of violence. You, have, you had many different issues uh, in the 50s and mm-hmm. 60s that weren't pleasant. Don't misunderstand me. But we didn't have violence on our phones. Kids weren't watching that all the time. And I think that's a very big difference today uh, and from that period to now. And that's why people say it's the golden age of television. It's a golden age of comedy, uh, of theater. You had Oscar Hammerstein. You had the uh, Lerner and Lowe. You had all the beautiful um, things that were really coming out at that particular moment in time because everybody was released from the war and everybody was looking for a better place. Now you're in a different place. You know, it's a whole different society. You can't really go back. You can never go home again, like my mother said. Don't go home. Look forward. Your time is now, and and you can never really um, go back and look at it from another perspective. You have to look at it from 2021. Well, you definitely can't go back and look at it since the house no longer exists. Oh, I, that, that broke me up. I can't even go back to the town anymore. It got me so down in the dumps. I, I can but. relate. I, I, I can imagine that I would. I it would break my heart. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I do think it's it's interesting. Like it was a simpler time because because you were focused on the things in front of you. You were able to enjoy the mm-hmm. stuff that was on TV. You were able to enjoy being with your family and like living in these new communities. You were able to enjoy comedy in the theater and I and not get like a citizen notification that there's a a fight breaking out in the subway right. downstairs. Um, and so I think I, I do envy that because we're all so distracted by everything that's going on and we could turn the news on or open Twitter or anything and, and find out like who's getting killed and what, like what bombs mm-hmm. are being set off around the world. And it is but like, we need to know you, we need to know, but you know what I was thinking when Alana was talking, we had rules there were rules to be followed. You had to respect your parents. There was no conversation. You could hate your parents, but you had to respect them. You had to respect your country. You had to respect your your faith. Um, there were definitely rules in the 50s and 60s that were broken after Vietnam. You see, everything came in a cycle. Vietnam came. That was the end of everything. And then, of course, you had the desegregation. You had all these That's issues in the say, 60s. Like, there so, were rules, but like not to make it too political, but like it those was rules had to be broken Absolutely. because it was a corrupt society and, they, and it and still they, does and they were. It wasn't like, that it was a corrupt society. It was an unfair uh, society. Correct. But the truth is it was when you're talking about when I was dating and when I was growing up, it was a period that America was very naive. Mm-hmm. It was not, then it, it changed. It was a 10, maybe a 15 year period. That's all it lasted. 
1945 to 1964. Yeah, 20 years. It was basically that was a moment in time. And then after that, you had a different period of, of discussion and, and problems. We had more violence in the 60s and the early 70s than you have today. And today we have plenty of violence. But nobody wants to go back and think about that. It was it was a very tough time to live in New York City in the early 70s. And I remember it well. Um, we had all kinds of fights in the street and fires and, and vandalism. It's if they think what's going on today is like puppy love compared to what happened in those days. So there were social revolutions all the time. And what you have to guys consider when you're dating is try to find some little haven where you can be happy and not be caught up in this because that's what a relationship is. It's like almost like a little cocoon where two people can be together and be happy and take out all the external stuff if you can do it. And um, that's where our best relationships come about. If, If you let the outside things influence a relationship, it's going to be in trouble and probably be doomed in the long run. I love that because it also is like our source of happiness Mm -hmm. should be from relationships, both like familial, romantic and friendships. It shouldn't be the source of stress. And like, I forget that and people forget that all the time. It's, it's shocking to like not feel stressed. Like it's shocking to go on a date with anyone and then come home and not feel this like instant like pang of anxiety in you. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I, I do think that that grabbing all the way, the way you said that was, that was really great. Um, okay. okay. We're, we're turning the tables now. What have you found most surprising about the way Kim and my generation dates now? Uh, I haven't found it surprising. I actually think it's depressing. So you can't go by me. I find I find dating uh, two beautiful girls like you and Kimberly dating different guys who I'm sure are all nice. I am sure none of these in guys in some cases the same guys. Yeah, well, that yeah. was a, right, a moment in time. Yeah. But I've seen some of Kim's dates, and I know some of them, and they're very nice men and very lovely. But I think what happens is you, somebody's always thinking about maybe it's not perfection. Maybe this is not exactly what I want. And this becomes a very big dilemma because I'm not sure anybody can live up to that expectation. So I'm hoping um, in Kim's case, and and I'm sure in your case, you're finding a happy medium now that people understand one another and are not looking for something that's completely ridiculous. I mean, nobody is Ozzie and Harriet. I mean, nobody lives. I don't know who that is. Oh, Ozzie and Harriet was, that was a family program in the, in the fifties where the husband and wife were perfect. The children were perfect. And it was just, it was unbelievable. And people tried to emulate that and couldn't do it. And they were frustrated. I think relationships are made not to be perfect. Nothing is perfect. You're going to have a fight. You're going to fight over money. You're going to fight over children. Basically, those are your two biggest fights that everybody has. Um, You're going to fight over perhaps ideas, uh, political ideas, religious ideas, but it has to be with respect. If you can do it nicely and talk things out, then you've got a chance. If everything is constantly in motion and everything is always an argument, then I would run away from that relationship. You have to basically have a core where you both agree on something. And, and build on it because building, it's a building block situation. Nothing is, you know, there's no relationship in the world that just happens. 
I think that's ridiculous today. And it was ridiculous then. Then it was something we had to do. We did it blind because we didn't live with somebody. So the first time we knew anybody's hangups or whether they put their clothes away or brushed their teeth on the left side or the right side was after we got married. That's not so good. You have it a little easier. You already know what the person's bad habits could be. Yeah. And you have to be able to live with them. If you're not able to live with them now, you, you avoid divorce. It saves a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think with the whole perfection concept, do you think that eventually people decide like, oh, well, like I can't find perfection, so I'll just settle? Or do you think they they learn over time that perfection isn't what they should be looking for? Well, that's what I hope happens a lot. I mean, I think, in my opinion, they should not be striving for perfection. Right. And they're going to, if they are, they're going to constantly be upset because right. nobody is perfect. But I don't know. Kimmy has to address that from her point of view. That's so interesting that you say that because that's what I was like trying to like formalize into words. Like when you say stop seeking for perfection, I interpret that as, okay, so I'll settle. No, it's not settling. It's not settling because I think there's no individual who's perfect. If you look at yourself, not everybody has a perfect nose, a perfect eye, a perfect ear, a perfect foot uh, size. I mean, you're not dealing with with the Mona Lisa. So if you're not dealing with the Mona Lisa right away and both you're feeling how what beauty is and and what what something should be you you, it's not that you're looking for you're settling okay you're being realistic i'm gonna realistic is a better example because like i'm trying to think like i don't search for perfection so i'm a little confused like why you think that but you're saying something like if i'm like um i really don't like the way he chooses food like i haven't said that before but i've said similar things like that before about people and you'll be like you gotta stop but if i don't if i really get irked out by the way he chooses his food like why do I have to like accept that? I don't. Well, then you it's ridiculous. Maybe I don't like the way you order a kale salad. I mean, well, this then is we're crazy. Not this meant is crazy. to be. I mean, well, there are certain gonna... things that over time you you have to <laughs> learn. Yes. Okay. Right. So so Logan Gary, who is a behavioral scientist, dating coach, and the author of How to Not Die Alone, she always talks about per- permissible pet peeves versus deal breakers, and. Right. Something like chewing with their mouth open. That could be a deal breaker. It depends. Or like it depends. You have to kind of decide for yourself, like what are you willing to bend on and what would will you break over? You know, so it's kind of picking and choosing like what things could you really not have like a happy life and, and a strong partnership over? And is it that they fully prioritize work and don't come home till 11 o'clock every night. And when they get home, they're exhausted and want to go straight to bed. Or is it that you don't like the way they chew? Right. I understand like that one is a big thing and one is a small thing. I just think if every time you're hanging out with somebody, you're getting peeved off even by small things like that, that is no good. Then that's not right. You no, know? Yeah. Well, then, no, then that's no good. <laughs> Nobody should be peeved off with their dates. Especially in the beginning. It's bad enough when you're married and you're peeved yeah. off. Don't get peeved. In the beginning, it should be quite pleasant. If there are issues that are really, really annoying and there are too many of them, mm-hmm. then go move on. There are too many fish in the sea. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're noticing like a lot of different issues from the beginning, then don't bother pushing through. <laughs> Right. But if it's yeah. like just the chewing, I had, yes. a, I had a girlfriend who broke up with someone. This is a long time ago, broke up with someone because of the way he slurped his soup and she's sticking by it. She's like, it really was just horrible. Did and she, she ever, never thought about did it. Did she ever say it to him? Did she ever bring it up and give no, him the I chance? Think, uh, actually, she might have. She might have. I'm not sure. 
I'm a soup slurper, so I'm a little self-conscious right about now. You'll find, I mean, hopefully your boyfriend doesn't care about that. Or maybe it's, he slurps. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think we've had soup together yet. It is such it's an like interesting thing. Find slurpers. I, yes. And I didn't know about my soup slurping habits until somebody addressed it to me. And then I was like having soup one night with my family. And I was like, oh my God, these people are so loud. And yeah. suddenly I realized it, but I didn't realize it before because it, I grew up surrounded by it. So I just like my brain kind of put it in like the normal category. That's so funny. I was just, this is like kind of a tangent, but like on the topic of food, I was out with a few couples this weekend, um, like, you know, fifth wheeling and Mm -hmm. they were like, there's always one person in a couple who likes olives and the other one like hates olives. I think that might be from like, they might've said it was from how I met your mother or something like that. But, um, is that true for you? No, Poppy and I both love olives. Oh, I was gonna say I was on a double date last night and it was me and my friend's fiance were the ones who liked olives, but neither Mm -hmm. other one. I'm telling you. I think it's a lot of the thing. Yes, I think in some of the times it's true. All right. Wow, learn something new every day. So like anyone listening who doesn't like olives, you know where to find me. Let's do it. Um, okay, let's get into some listener questions. So one actually kind of brings us back to something we talked about before, and it's why does our 20s feel so much harder to figure out than it did for our parents? And I think the answer from earlier was that it's not harder to figure out. Uh, We just overcomplicate it. I think that's basically what you decided. Yeah. 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 I think that's right. I think so, too. I think that, like, I... I think our generation has a mindset in general of, like, we're smarter, we're better. Like we don't want to like make the mistakes, the ones, the generations before us had. So I think it applies to dating as many other things of just like, we can be picky, we can be choosy and we're going to make like the best decisions possible. And sometimes that just like carries over and takes a little bit longer, I guess. But I think it's probably just like millennials being on their high horse. Yeah. I also Every think generation always thinks that they're yeah. the smartest. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's like we know how much we're struggling and but like we see our parents and, and we don't know how much they actually struggled. Like we don't know right. if if they had a hard time or if it came easy or if they were really like truly happy with their choices and everything. So I think it's a lot of like we're the first person in this situation of our twenties and and it's hard to look on at someone else's experience, similarly to how we see other people in relationships or going on dates. And we're like, why is it so hard for me, but so easy for them? Right. Also, the older generations don't get it, which can be frustrating because they didn't like we really are the first ones to grow up with apps and all of these other things. So mm. like if they're putting the pressure on you, why aren't you married? Why don't you have what, a baby? Why aren't you settled down? You're 35, whatever it is like, you don't get what it is like to date today. So I think it's very frustrating, um, coming from our perspective as well. And I think that's like, just, I I guess like a huge difference, um, generationally. Cause it's just like, you just can't really, as much as I can tell you every, you can't relate, you really can't because you're not living through it. Yeah, I agree. Um, how do we let go of the past or past relationships? I still cry about them. Me too. She does. She's a crier. <laughs> She's a crier. I, I tell her to it suck was a it joke, up. But then it I wasn't. tell her to suck it up. I can't listen to it. I know. There was there was a point recently where you were just like, you got to stop bringing it to me. I was like, who am I supposed to talk to about it? You're like, I can't listen about him anymore. I can't take it. <laughs> it wasn't worth the cry. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. That's and it's an one- interesting. Yeah. That, uh, that. Let's back up. It mm-hmm. wasn't worth the cry. 
I wonder, I wish I could go back and and think about like the people I've cried over. And in hindsight, some of them, it's like, what was I thinking? Do you ever think that? Yes and no. I think like, I don't really have regrets. I don't. We don't have that many that you really, really were upset about. That's true. You really had one very good relationship and then a lot of smaller things. So it's really, you haven't been in serious other relationships. Yeah. But the small ones that I have cried over, I think I would never be like, why was I crying about that? Because I believe that my emotions were valid in the mm-hmm. time I was having them. And I really don't, I, I'm very like an outwardly emotional people so person. So when people are like, why are you so sensitive? Why are you whatever? I don't subscribe to that. Like I, w- I felt those things and I'm going to like emote and that's what it is. So no, I don't ever look back and wonder like why I cried over someone. But I think what we're saying is that like the sympathy around it for other people sometimes goes down. Like if you are crying one day about it and continuously go back to something that might not be healthy for you, your friends and your family aren't going to like have you cry on their shoulder every time and see you repeat the same mistakes. I think that's really what what it comes down to. Yeah, it is tough. And, And I do agree with that. And with like, with what I said about like, why did I cry over these people? I don't mean like my tears weren't valid. Like I, yeah, I yeah. like completely agree with you. Like when I mm-hmm. have emotions, like I emote as well. And I just, I do think it's so interesting sometimes how some, someone and something could seem like the biggest deal in the world. Yeah. And then later it's like, that was nothing. And, and I think for me, the reasons that I've gotten so emotional and so upset and have like felt so much pain after different endings of relationships and situationships is because it each one kind of piled on the other and they were all almost for like similar reasons. And so it just felt like the same exact thing happening. It's bigger than the person. And again, and again, yes, definitely. Yeah. And you take off your rose colored glasses and that's why you're like seeing it clearly because you're not like in it and like clouded by like charm or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and going back to the original question, just how to let go of the past, you oh. it just takes time. Right. It it really oh, takes boy. time and, and like let yourself feel your emotions, let yourself cry, let yourself do what you need to do. Um, don't talk someone's ear off if they're not willing to listen, because then that's gonna end up not being helpful. But mm-hmm. um find things that get your mind off of it and and do little things every day that help you move forward. Yeah, it's true. And I also think I kind of do believe that like you never fully let your last person go until you're in your next thing. I wouldn't say like um, shift your obsession from one person to another. Like it really, and I'm still working on this. Like you are your priority. Like you should be thinking about yourself, but that's much easier said than done. I think like your space that you have in yourself for like your romantic relationship with someone else, like you're not, you can't fill that on your own. That's impossible. So I think that like, you should be good with it open. Like it's, you shouldn't be like depressed, but um, I think that like, it's never really full until you find like the next person. Mm-hmm. Agree? Yeah. No, yeah. And I also don't think you girls should be so hard on yourselves. I think it's fair. This is, this is part of growing up. Everybody, you know, wait till really big problems happen. So, uh, and which they will happen yeah. um, in, in everybody's life. So, you know, yes, it's a breakup. Yes. It's sad. Uh, but it's not a death and it's not, um, you're going to go on and, uh, you know, put it in sort of a little bit of a perspective. So, uh, and, and everybody has a breakup. That's, that's a very normal thing. 
I think that's the only way you'll know if the right person is coming along because you've had a lot of experiences that have not worked out. And hopefully, eventually, if the one like you're having a lot is, is is good right now. Hopefully that's built on a lot of old experiences that were not so good. So you're not repeating the same thing again. Exactly. This is like a hot take, but as you're, th- I'm thinking like, you know, like everyone goes through breakups. So like sometimes it's hard, like you can sympathize with people, but like to a point, like the same way, like everyone has birthdays mm-hmm. and, and people like to make like a big deal exciting on your birthday. It's like, it's exciting for a day. Maybe I'll like participate, but like when you're celebrating your birthday every day for a month, like fuck you, no one wants to like do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, everyone has a birthday. Everyone has breakups. Like you do it. It's part of life. That's right. That's yeah. And, and I will say one thing that made me think of is like, you'll learn who, makes you feel better and who makes you feel worse when you're going through a breakup and you'll learn like it's okay that there are some friends that you don't go to for comfort and it's okay that there are some friends that you're going to lean on more because they're the ones that are there for you and I think that's something that I've learned a lot over the last few years that not every friend is going to be my person to hold my hand through everything and you got to figure out who is right for what situation. Mm-hmm. Also, what helps like last thing with letting go is like if you like therapy, obviously, but like if you can't afford a therapist or whatever it is, um, listening to podcasts is actually really helpful not to do like a plug, but like listen to seeing other people listen to excuse my grandma because we talk about these topics, you feel like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And that like really helps with like letting things go and moving on as well. Yes, that is exactly why we do what we do. Yep. Um, one last question, because I'm curious for the different responses from you too. Is it okay to share what you feel after a third date? After a first date. Third, third. Share it with each other? Yeah. Right? Share it with the two, the the man and the woman? Yeah. Yeah. Or a woman. Yeah. You go first. Uh, I don't think on a third date you have much of a feeling. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do. I mean, you know, you could like them, but I don't think it would be instant love after three dates. That's a little fast for me, but you can say, you know, I've, I think he's terrific. Or I think she's terrific, but I think three dates for me is a little too fast. You need to prove yourself a little more than three dates, three dates. I'm still waiting for the roses. Yeah. I mean, it's not about proving yourself though. It's just like sharing how you feel with the other person. It's tough because I think like a pulse check is very, very important after, maybe not after three, but like maybe to just be like, Hey, by the way, like, I want to keep going out. Like I like hanging oh, well, out with you. Different. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Yeah. But I don't know if after three dates you can say that I'm, you know, I'm madly in love. No, yeah. I, I mean, I if, so, just, if someone even asked to be exclusive after three dates, I would have a huge problem with right. that. I think um, I would too. Yeah. I, it's just like a red flag to me, but I think that saying like, Hey, I really like you once is great more than once I think I'd get the ick you got creep- creeped you had somebody that doing that oh, you didn't yes. like it yes I really don't yeah I completely agree I think it's great it's healthy to let somebody know that you're excited about where this is and where things are going or that you enjoy hanging out with them but I wouldn't say like I finally like I, I've been looking for someone like you my whole life like no I wouldn't don't dump on them like don't 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 show do, your cards. Don't do it's too so, much. Want, don't do too much. Yeah. It's okay to be like vulnerable and it's okay to be open and honest about how you're, you're feeling, but don't, don't give it all away because mm-hmm. that might scare someone. 
Yeah. I think it's more scary than anything else because yes. I think emotions can't build that quickly after three dates. Yeah. And you can enjoy being with somebody and say, listen, I love being with you. Let's hang out more. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But to say, you know, I'm, I'm madly in love with you and I can't live without you after three dates, I, I would send yeah. them to a shrink. The reason it's scary is because the uh, more likely than not, the other person won't be on the same page and people are really turned off or scared by the idea of like someone moving faster than you are or someone moving slower than you are. You always want to be like mutual with the person you're with. And like, it's a, it's a weird, well, I know you're going to say guys should like girls more than girls. Absolutely. That's the other aspect to it, I guess. But like on a more or less like level, like you want to be on the same page. And I think if, if, you're like, oh, I have five other dates this week. And he's like, we're getting married. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't do that anyway. And, and and by the time you really like somebody, you're not dating five or six uh, people at a time. You've sort of eliminated it down to maybe two. Yes. <laughs> Cut the roster but, off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Great. Well, thank you both so much for joining the show and coming on Seeing Other People. Would you thank like to let everyone me. know where they can find Excuse My Grandma, where they can listen to it, follow all that? Yes. So you can listen to Excuse My Grandma anywhere you listen to podcasts on Spotify. She always says Shopify. Um, <laughs> Apple Podcasts and all of that. You can follow us on Instagram at Excuse My Grandma and on TikTok at Excuse My Grandma or my personal um, Instagram is at Kim Merstein. And enjoy. We had a good time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you so mm-hmm. much.